Welcome to the 10-Minute Gaming Podcast, the podcast where you can get the best short and sweet conversations about video games. I'm your host, Will Dowell, and joining me today is Ryan, known online as Batangi, writer for 100 Word Game Reviews. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. I was waving at the um, webcam, acting like people can see me, but unfortunately, I'm doing good. You know, end of the year, we're just wrapping up our Game of the Year conversations, and what better way to start than with uh, one of the hot releases of this year, Doom Eternal. Yeah, fantastic. So now, as Ryan said, today we'll talk about Doom Eternal, and for those who've been living under a rock, or have just decided to try to delete 2020 from (laughs) their minds... I think we have all tried to. Give us a quick rundown of the title. Yeah, so Doom Eternal is the sequel to Doom 2016, and just to give kind of a brief overview, I guess, of the game, if you've never played Doom before, it is, like, I don't even know how to describe it, it's the most chaotic and intense first-person shooter that I have ever played, it is bloody, it is gruesome, you just, you really cannot describe it, you have to experience it for, experience it and just how chaotic it is for yourself. And... As a sequel to Doom 2016, what are some of the changes that Doom Eternal made, uh, both for better and for worse? Yeah, so um, just to kind of go on, starting with the plot, it is, as I said, it is a sequel to Doom 2016. So the events take place about eight months afterwards. But honestly, you really don't need to play the first game in order to understand this, although I do recommend it, which I will um, touch up on a little bit better. But basically, just a quick little overview, since there's a bit more of a focus on that and with more cutscenes, Earth has been overrun by demons, wiping out around 60% of the population. So essentially, it's your job to come back, and your main goal is to kill three particular, what they're called, hell priests, and then their leader, who is the con maker. It's like a completely new story. They just kind of plucked it out of the air for this game. And it's not that important. It does provide some, a little bit of framework for the game to work off of, but you can pretty much just ignore it and just shoot at whatever's in sight. But that's one of the changes that I think, first of all, compared to the first game, the plot does have a bit more of a focus. There are more cutscenes. There's just sort of more of a framework, like I said, I guess. And then also going on into gameplay. So the gameplay is mostly the same. You still have the same weapons, except I think one of the real first indicators that this game does not mess around. You start with the shotgun instead of the pistol. The pistol's not in this game at all. So you start with the shotgun, and then you go up from super shotgun all the way up into the BFG 9000. So this game does not mess around. And I think one of the other... um, aspects of the game is that there's a bit more of a sense of strategy that I would say. You're more inclined to focus on enemy weaknesses because enemies now have distinct weaknesses, such as shooting off a certain part of an enemy to make it weaker, which you can then melee it or I forget I forget the exact term. I think it's either glory kill or Yeah, it's glory kill. Oh, glory kill? Okay. Yeah. yeah so it it's less of just shoot everything in sight and hope for the best and you actually have to be a bit more strategic with things this time which i do like i think that's a really cool focus and you also have some new weapons and some new abilities too one of them abilities for example is called the uh flame belch where you basically light enemies on fire and they drop more ammo so you got like things like the flame belch there's more upgradable capabilities for the glory kill 
And there's just a lot, there's a lot. And that's just one of the words that I would use to describe this game in general is that it's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot being thrown at you. You will die a lot. So that's actually why I recommended when I said earlier that I recommend playing the first game first is that I do, I want, I suggest that people play that and then Eternal just so you're more familiar with the combat structure and how you're really supposed to kind of, um, gosh, quarantine brain has gotten to me. It's the end of the year. Um, basically what I'm trying to say is that I recommend playing the first game because so you just get familiar with it because if you go in, you're too eternal, completely blind, you're probably going to get overwhelmed. And also one of the new aspects is with the level design. Now the levels are much more open and they're way bigger too. Each level probably takes around, I would say like average, like around 45 minutes to an hour. If you really want to speed through things, you could probably finish them in like 20 to 30 minutes, but there's a lot of just new areas to explore new challenges to take on. And the one of the distinct gameplay features that differentiates this from 2016 is the fact that there is more of a focus on platforming. So Doongai can now do sort of like a rush move or like a dash move. He can climb on walls. He can swing on bars and all this other crazy stuff. And on one hand, I do like it because it can make combat a lot more gratifying well it's something that you should probably do anyways is just run around everywhere and try not to die but now you have a distinct focus on okay i could swing from this onto this platform and then climb up on this but at the same time i feel like it doesn't really go in with doom's sort of run and gun mindset it kind of differentiates from that because it's like if i'm playing a doom game i want to go around shooting everything inside i don't want to be mario and just jump on platforms and whatnot yeah it seems like a strategy to try to maintain a consistent pace yeah but doesn't really fit tonally with the game yeah it's a nice change though and speaking of things that don't fit tonally one of my biggest gripes with the game is just how much micromanaging you have to do compared to the first game there are well 2016 there are so many upgrades and things you have to focus on it's like you have to You get to upgrade your suit, you upgrade your weapons, you upgrade those upgrades. There are different abilities that you can swap out to, you know, depend on your play style. There's just almost, it's almost just a bit much at times. And Doom isn't one of those games where I would want to, I just don't feel like it's that game where you want to constantly focus on upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. It's like Doom Guy's already powerful on his own, so why does he need all of these crazy equipment and armor upgrades, you know? I definitely agree with that, especially when you just kind of get thrown your know, three different upgrade trees at no exactly. What I'm curious about is, what do you think of that type of almost fluff in the combat? I you mentioned some of the strategic elements. One thing I was noticing, especially early on, is that it starts feeling a bit more more fluff versus the more focused combat of Doom 2016. Just curious of what your take was on that. Yeah, well, I definitely think this is a love letter to fans of 2016 who really love the just in-your-face combat and punching everything in sight, because there is a lot going on. But at the same time, it's like, you can't really throw everything at, at someone all at once, and then also trying to pull back and say, hey, focus on this, this, and this, you know? 
It's yeah. like almost two completely different sections of two completely different games kind of mushed together. But either way, I still think it works. And this is absolutely one of my favorite games of the year. It's, it's just such a good time. Nice. So we have about two minutes left. And since this is one of your favorite games of the year, can you give me your favorite experience with the game? Um, I guess one of my favorite experiences would definitely be the final boss fight. One of my biggest complaints with Doom 2016 is that the final boss fight just felt very monotonous and not sort of the going out in a flames of glory that the game is. It didn't represent that, but the final boss fight, I easily spent around two hours just on that fight alone, trying to figure out the best ways to go after it. You know, you have everything else thrown at you. You're jumping around in a million different ways. And it was such an, it was just a major improvement over the first game. So it did to me seem like the developers were actively listening and trying to make the game the best it can be. So we have just a minute left. So I do a question with all of my guests, and that is, what are three words you would use to describe Doom Eternal? (sighs) Let's see. Definitely intense, brutal, and satisfying. Fantastic. Now, as we wrap up this episode, where can listeners follow you or your work? Yeah, so you can follow my work on Underwood Gaming. I have a lot more in the pipeline. There's a lot more coming their way. I am primarily active on Twitter. You can find me there at Atelier Matongi. And I am also a staff writer for Gamerscape.com. I write news and features there primarily. And it's also a good site for people if you want to check out for more Final Fantasy XIV related content. And on top of that, because I'm just so much of an overachiever, um, I write on my own site um, through the cartridge slot, which you can find at cartslot.com or on Twitter at cartslot. Fantastic. Now, this has been the 10 Minute Gaming Podcast. If you want more short and sweet content, check out the 100 Word Gaming website or follow us on Twitter at 100 Word Game. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.